Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Episode 40. My guest this week, Mr. Jerome McElberg. Now, Jerome McElberg studied fine arts of painting and sculpture, and in his own words, drank too much with drama students who would later become directors. This resulted in a sonographer's career with a first production in 1974. He has designed more than 50 productions with work selected for the PQ83 Shunt onto a Siding by Geffe, and 87, The Possessed by Albert Camus, The Baron the Pasha by Eugene Scribe, Richard III by William Shakespeare, and for Nove Sad in 84, Man is Man by Bertolt Brecht, Around the World in 80 Days by Pavel Kohut, and Oedipus by Hugo Klaus. He designed for drama and musicals as, as a freelancer, combining this with designing and making special props, masks, and sculpture for countless other productions. He was awarded in Antwerp for designing Rashomon by Cannon in 1980, for Oedipus in a dramatization of Hugo Claus in 1981, and for The Possessed by Albert Camus in 1984. Half, his, half of his design work was by order of the famous Royal Youth Theatre in Antwerp, where he finally became head of design in 1993. He resigned from the Royal Youth Theatre in 2000, and he continued to be involved as representative for Belgium in Oystad the International Organization of Sonographers, Theater Architects, and Technicians. Oystad had a project running, Theater Words, that started in 1975, where theater professionals from around the world collected, translated, and edited the most common theater terms into, into a multilingual dictionary. To keep pace with new developments in the field, a new upgrade of the content was needed together with a switch from printed to digital version. With the support of Michael Ramsauer, who managed the adaptations of the content, Jerome then developed the Digital Theater Words as an application with a multilingual interface that was first launched during the Prague Quadrennial 2011. A new upgrade is foreseen in July 2017 for world stage design in Taipei. In May 2012, Jerome for the first time learned by chance during an executive committee meeting of Oystat in Egypt, by all means, that the historic theater machinery of the Burla Theatre in Antwerp would be dismantled in sake of modernization. Being the last large municipal theatre in Europe with its historic architecture combined with the original machinery from 1834 that still is in exceptional condition, this would be a big loss not only for Antwerp but for European theatre culture. Many presentations, peaking in 2014 at the International Conference Wood and Canvas and Rabbit Glue in the Modern World that Jerome organized with the help of Peter McKinnon under the wings of the York University in Canada, resulted in the nomination by Europa Nostra of this historic theater machinery as one of the seven most endangered sites of 2014 in Europe. This resulted in a shutdown of the renovation plans and a concourse for a new approach keeping the heritage machinery on its historic place. Jerome's quest grew out to a presentation called Heritage Theater Machinery, unexpected possibilities in contemporary productions that has been shown already in many places around the world. Originating from his presentation with a scale model 110 during the Wood and Canvas Conference, this evolved to a project presentation with video capturing the many unexpected possibilities demonstrated in the 110 scale model, supplemented with animated drawings explaining the techniques used and the rigging of it. Besides the revaluation of this historical technique in temporary theatrical use, this presentation can also be seen as a plea towards designers for out-of-the-box thinking, for students as well as for designers. Ladies and gentlemen, the always fantastic, always opinionated, 
and my wonderful friend, Mr. Jerome McElberg. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, sitting next to me is someone not only I admire, but is an expert in the field of historical stage machinery. And he has been giving talks here at the Stage, Set, and Scenery 2019 Berlin event. Mr. Jerome McElberg, how are you feeling today, sir? Well, having had a few presentations about my workshop uh, this day and yesterday and having a cold, you can hear it on my voice that I am not used to do that. But anyway, I'm very happy to promote here the renaissance of this technology, which is a shame that it is forgotten thanks to all the modern technology we see now. What is the most important for me is that most of the persons who are dreaming of theater are dreaming of careers in the big houses, in the operas or whatever. But most of us, they all will work in low budget conditions. And here we go. They cannot have the, uh, the nice things you see here in the show. Uh, very, very interesting, but all very expensive. Uh, they need every year uh, taking care if they still work and never. So it's not only buying them, it's uh, you have to take care of them every year, budget foreseen. But with this technology, we call it Baroque te technology, but it is not Baroque te technology. It are things who exist already from before the Romans, before the Greeks. It are pulleys, it are ropes, and uh, it are wheels, and it works. And it works very budget-friendly. That is the main reason that I want to promote it b before it is completely forgotten. What happens now in education, when they teach about this technology historically, they keep it just historically, which means that the people think you can only do things like they did in the past with the historic place they play, with a scene change that the side wings were changing together with the borders, and the public says, oh, but we do not do that anymore. So we forget this old technology. But then we forget that we, as theater people, we have to think and continue to work like children play. We play in theater, so let's play in theater. When you see a brush, a child will not clean the room. It will put his legs around it and say, this is my horse. So everything that is known in a certain way, like we know now the technology of the past uh, theater technology, we forget the history and try to find a new way to use it 
completely differently like they never used it in the past. That is my workshop. That is what I want to spread the renaissance of this technology just before I die. We have to hurry for that. Well, well, we're not, we're not going to get there yet. So that's good. We're going to keep okay. that away. Thank you. But uh, I was introduced to you and your workshop uh, at World Stage Design yes. when it was in Taipei, Taiwan. And it was fascinating then and it's fascinating now. But you have been working on this project for many, many years. Do you remember how this started and, and uh, uh, what, what started to get you motivated to promoting this, uh, this information? Well, uh, let us say uh, it started, no, it started earlier. Uh, I was working with a very famous uh, youth theater in Antwerp who happened to play in the local historic theater there, which we call the Burla Theater, which is from 1830 and which still has its complete machinery from that time. It was introduced there in 34. So what happened now? Well, my career was not at all uh, theater. I went to the academy where I studied fine arts and sculptures. And then I happened to drink too much with the students of the, acad of the conservatoire who became later uh, regisseur, uh, directors in theater and they know me from the drinking of the academy. <laughs> so that was my entrance in the theater. So really, luckily, perhaps, I do not know anything about the history of theater. I just happened to be introduced, let us say, by accident there. So then I was working in the Burla Theater, but in the, uh, the youth theater works there performance Wednesday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, Sunday matinee, and the rest was for the adult national theater of the Flemish uh, Netherlands uh, Toneel was there. So we could not touch anything what was prepared there for the theater, for the adult theater. And uh, I had to do uh, a musical. 20, 24 scene changes. And there's only two bars left to do something. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing I learned in theater, that was the bars and the counterweight system there. So I never give up, so I thought they will not stop me here by this stupid thing. So I search in the location, and that's what I always do because you work with low budget look to the possibilities of the location where you work. And then I strolled around in the theater and I came to a place who they never used, the understage. I found strange things there, full of dust. And I thought, that is strange. I, I never have seen this kind of things. And you see, well, it's on a, it's on a rail. There are wheels, it moves, you look up. There, there is uh, a gold in, in uh, upstairs is the, is the stage. So when I push, this moves. Oh, there are ropes, there are pulleys. So here is my solution. The solution presented itself. Yes, because it's so simple technology that it, it uh, explains itself. 
But the head of the technology of the theater there said to me, no, you are not allowed to use this because it is not used since before the First World War. This, we do not use it, it will not work. But at that time, I was even not 30 years, so this old man of 50 years will not tell me what I can do, <laughs> yes or no. So I say, I don't care, I do it. Just open it and here we go. And that man was very happy that he could me do the trick to strangle over things it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. He say, yes, yes, do it. Come on, go on. Yeah. And it worked perfectly. <laughs> so here was my solution for my 24 scene changes. But then still I used it the classic way. Just having things like they used wing changes on and off. And it's just later on that I start to think on other possibilities. And because I didn't learn history, I don't use it the historical way. I just use my fantasy. And necessity, and you invented, yeah. and away you went. I don't have to invent, it is there. You have to combine existing things in another way. Like, and then, how did I come to this uh, project here? Was in 2013. I was still involved in uh, Oystad, in the executive committee that time, and we had a meeting in Cairo. In Cairo, we did uh, also touristic activities, so in the bus, on our way to see the pyramids, Louis Janssen, who then was the president of Oystad, was sitting in front of me in the seat. He turned around, knowing me from Antwerp and the old theater in Antwerp, you know what, I am in a competition to renovate the theater in Antwerp. So I say, what? Will they pull away all this historic machinery? So that was the first time I heard about that they want to clean it up completely, throw it away and modernize it completely. So, but then they were throwing away my toy that I had so many enjoyed in the past. Right. Because it was... 20 years I didn't work there anymore, but still I remember the possibilities of it. So then we started to do uh, an international conference in Antwerp about historic technology and the situation in Europe. And so the people being able to see the situation in Antwerp and say, isn't it a shame that this is the last theater in Europe, municipal theater. They have many small uh, castle theaters in Europe, 2025, who still have their original machinery. But the theater in Antwerp is the only in Europe, so probably worldwide, who has the original complete machinery in the, uh, in the flight tower and in the understage. So then Perspective, which is uh, an in, uh, an, a German association, who was at that conference, said, this is a shame, we have to do something to it. So we will propose the technology of this theater to Europa Nostra, which is an association who takes care about heritage. And they have each year a competition of the most endangered site of Europe, and they propose the machinery of uh, the Burla Theater to uh, Europa Nostra, and let us say we won this competition. <laughs> we were at the top of the list. And from then on, 
the eyes opened. It came in the newspapers, the local newspapers, on television, and they stopped the whole process. Which, by the way, which I wouldn't be by luck in that meeting in Cairo, and that this person didn't would have told me this was demolished in silence, and then it was too late. So I had much luck to it. But yeah. anyway. Since then, they changed the competition. They stopped what it was before. They wrote a new competition. And then uh, one of the groups uh, won, and it's a good solution. The machinery stays on its place. So that's good. But then the machinery is there. But when we do not use it, <laughs> it's, it's stupid. It's, it's, it's big. Right. You're not so taking that's advantage. Why, that's why, because... In every school, they only think on the historic way. I want to show the renaissance of this technology and say, use your imagination. This is cheap, budget-friendly. You can, when there is something happening, you can fix it yourself. It is uh, very budget-friendly. And uh, with six or, or seven different techniques, you can combine them and do... Uh, revolve stage together with a cassette system or whatever, you, you have to come up and see the workshop to see what you can do with it. I agree. So, the, 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 the model that you built, the original model that you built, you built in your house, correct? Yes, we started, we started in, the, in the cellar, in the understage of our house. Yeah, yeah. And I had only uh, the fragments of the understage of the theater could not, uh, could nearly go through the opening in, uh, to the street side. So my wife gave me the permission to continue to make this model into the dining room, <laughs> <laughs> which was first level, uh, street level. Yeah, yeah. But even then, we have to open the windows to get the model out to get it on the place where it has to be. Yeah. And now we give a uh, demonstration two years ago with this model during uh, the former stage at Scenery. And we went also to uh, the Boyd Hochschule where this one to 10 scale model state. Okay. Because there was no place anymore also at my home to, to store it. And uh, the Hochschule was uh, happy to get it. So, but then I started, in one to 10 scale, you can cheat. Counterweight or no counterweight, uh -huh. just with two fingers, you can move it. Right, right, right. So then I have to go in real scale. So there we started with this uh, workshop now, five-day workshop that uh, we met first in Cardiff with you. Yes. That you was so uh, so nice to help us out there. I was so like I said when I when I saw and your presentation in uh, in Taipei, mm. and then when uh, I read the report that you were going to be uh, in Cardiff, I said I couldn't pass up that opportunity to actually get to to touch it and see it and actually look at how the pieces go together. And now, having had the opportunity to work with you again here in. Um, in Berlin, uh, <coughs> it's 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 something that I can for me I can genuinely appreciate the value of. Mm. Um, it would be great if I could build something of my take a piece of it and build it and share it. Mm. Um, 
I know that uh, you have you have been dogged in your advocacy for for getting this, and I know that you're coming up with a, even a tour. Um, yes. And no, there's no slowing you down, is there? Well, because I think I'm in a hurry to spread this news uh, before it is in the curriculum of the schools. It needs to be known. So I have to go to school to school to prove the teachers how it works, how easy it is, adaptable to each situation. Because in every school the situation will be different. There are schools with, who have a workshop with a lot of material. It's more easy. But then we have perhaps, like in Cardiff, to work in a classroom, right. which has its restrictions, which means only three meters high. A certain meters breed uh, large, but on the other side, this proves that you can use it everywhere. Probably, I will have schools who work in a black box where you have larger possibilities, but perhaps no understage and no traps. But still, we have uh, something else to show to show this uh, an alternative to show on stage an elevator system. And the idea is also going from school to school like it is adaptable. And we will do different things in every school. We will also inform the other schools what we have done different in the other workshops, which will enlarge the knowledge and the possibilities of it. Because it's so basic that everybody will use it in a different way. And every student who is working with it will have, why don't we use it like this? Or can we try it like that? Yes, okay, try it out. We do it. The, uh, the, it's, uh, it's really amazing that amongst even all this technology that we are surrounded by, mm. uh, that, uh, that, there's, that you're, that you're uh, presenting here, I think. What, do, you, do, you, do you feel as though... Um, it's still a fight to get people to to appreciate it or have because you've been so like I said dogged about being an advocate for it that um, the places that you go are willing to are happy to have you at least pr provide some sort of context well I, I sorry sorry for my voice it's okay uh, with this uh, modern technology you can, how you say that in English, epate in French, uh, make wonder the public, oh, this marvel, but it doesn't tell something. It is technology for technology. You have uh, virtual reality, you have a video, you have projection, you have all these kinds of things who take away the attention of the story. Like in the time when the cinema started, you had a train going in front, like the, the people were, were thinking, this train come inside, uh, or, or a room where we are, panic there. And it was the only thing they did with this technology in the beginning. But five to ten years later, they tell stories with it. And what happened now when I go... Uh, more than 20 years ago, in uh, 94 or 95, something like that, I went to a virtual reality conference in Vienna to find out what, what it does, what, what it do. 
And 20 years later, I go now to the quadrennial here. They do still the same. They do not tell a story. They, they, they show a technology to, to say the, that the people, oh, this is wonderful. No, this is not wonderful. This doesn't tell a story. So I think with every technology, you have to take care. This technology is so simple that it has to serve your, what you're telling. When, when you do not need its technology, an actor on stage is enough. Light or darkness, whatever you need at the moment, is enough to tell a story. So we have to take care that in all the show elements, in all the expensive things we see here, that theater is something between humans who are telling a story to other people, who are passing emotions. And technology may only be used to support the emotions and not, not for, by any way, a show, a circus show is interesting also, but it's different. Mm -hmm. So that's, I don't know if I replied to your question no. because I forgot already what was the question. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. What you said is, is something that I think a lot of people need to hear. I think, yeah. I think we get a little too inundated with wow and not quite understand mm -hmm. substance mm -hmm. and the, the, the value of something that is actually probably a little bit more simple and, and, and something that's grounded with uh, an approachable. But uh, if, if people want to learn more about your work and your workshop, how do they find you? Well, for the moment, I have no website, I have nothing, I have nothing, I have no time to do, to do anything. I've, I, spread, I spread the news, I, have, I give business cards. Okay. Uh, you know the people, you know my contact, you can give my contact. Absolutely, I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the notes of the show. Uh, I am thinking on making a kind of movie of uh, the presentation that I did now and probably put it on the website of Oystad, the International Organization of Scenographers, Theatre Architects and Technicians, yep. where you can download it for free and it gives you an idea what it is about. And you will see also my contact and it will be easier. But I need some time to do that. Yeah. It will be summer, summer work. Absolutely. When you when you finally get to make your way back home and yes. and rest the voice. That's it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, before uh, and one one last question before before we go. Um, you, uh, if you could speak, you have the opportunity to speak directly to the students uh, today uh, through various means. What would you like to pass along to them about? Um, uh, what it means to be uh, a stenographer? Well, I mean, that's uh, a quite general, so difficult question. What is a stenographer? A stenographer tries to adapt the space where you want to perform to the needs of the, of the play or from the performance, whatever you do. Uh, it is not always mechanical, it's just some light, some space. Put the actor there, have lighting like this. Uh, a scenographer must have, must have the knowledge 
not completely, but of the different scenographic uh, uh, needs of costume, of set, of lighting, of sound. You do not need to be a specialist, but you need to know something about it because it's a combination of everything. And there is too much specialization in lighting, there is too much specializing in sound and in projection in whatever, that you can't be a specialist in everything, but you have to know the possibilities of it. Go to any show, any theater, technical show, you can even go to, to uh, uh, shows where they show new materials for building houses or whatever. Just be interested in what is on the market, because everything you see, you can think about, oh, they use it for that, but that doesn't interest me. I could use it that way, and then I could... You see, it's, you see something, and then you start to think, we use it different, and then it's there, it's magic. So, use your imagination. Never be a sorrow that you are working with a low budget because that forces you to use your imagination and you will have better productions than this very expensive, very epithing uh, stuff you see everywhere. Well, Jerome, it has been an honor and a pleasure to get to not only speak with you, but to get to work with you and to get to know you. So I'm deeply okay. appreciative of everything you've done. I hope to see you soon again so I can tell you how it develops further, all the projects. Absolutely. We'll do this again. No problem. Okay. See you later, alligator. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.